gold. So welcome to another episode of Adult Adjacent, everybody. Um, I got a special guest in the house. We got Miss Delisa. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm out here living the life, man. Just trying to trying to stay alive. Just trying to stay alive. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So for everybody, um, just to give some context. So Delisa is one of my best friends from college. Uh, and so, you know, as we, we talk, it might come out that we just might just say some things that might not make sense and just roll with it, y'all. Just, just give us some grace and it'll be okay. Uh, and so there's that. Um, so to start us off, we got a, I got an icebreaker question for you. Are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right. So if you had to choose a song to uh, represent, I guess, your time as a mother right now, um, what song would you choose and why? Oh, see, that's not even fair. <laughs> One, you know, I don't know a lot of artists. Two, you know, I don't know the real names of songs. <laughs> that's okay. We will struggle through through together, and uh, maybe I can maybe name it. We'll see. Listen, so as I think, I got a lot of emotions, but I'm going to take a gospel. Never would have made it because <laughs> it's a <laughs> roller coaster. And we went through some things at the beginning and okay. we're in a place, but oh. I'm pretty sure after this is all over, I'm going to think of a good Lil Wayne song. Cause you know, that's my, that's my friend. It's just going to flow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when you say never would I made it, is it like the original or like the remix? Oh, the original. The original. Okay. The, the, yeah. the sorrowful and the one that just with the soul. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. And so, so why do you say that? I guess give us some, some light into why you well, feel that way. Because any woman, like some people naturally want to be a mother. Like everybody doesn't want to be a mom and that's a-okay. But you know, the natural fear of, can I do this? Like, is my body going to allow me to do this? And then when it happened, it's like, oh, bless the world. That's cool. But then <laughs> um, for me in the hubby, after Nia was born, I kind of had to go back into the hospital for some other things that kind of like forced me to focus on me and not the baby, which was mm -hmm. really weird. Um, so here I am. Like it would have been real rough. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you was able to to get to a good place to, to yeah. make it and be Nia J's mama. Yeah. Uh, so. Talk us, talk us, tell the people a little bit about how long you've been a mom and kind of like how that journey's been going for you so far. OMG. So my favorite tiny human, Nia, is nine months old. She turns 10 months very, very soon. So been a mom for a whole nine months. Um, but other moms would say I've been a mom much longer because the minute you feel like this little thing kicked or the minute it makes you throw up, you realize you're a mama. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's real. So that experience has been pretty cool so far. Like she, her personality is starting to pop through right now. She has teeth coming in. She's trying to like learn how to stand on her own. Um, 
So we're just flowing. Literally, she amazes me every day. There's not enough research to keep up with how fast she's growing. And and I don't know what to do because Google can't tell me everything. And then some stuff on Google, I don't even want to read because, you know, it's Google, like WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> But that's all we know as, a, you know, as millennials, we just Google everything and hopefully you find out the answer. I really do. Like my doctor even told me that I wasn't allowed to ask any questions from Google um, because she told <laughs> me that she was the expert. Not Google. She said, run me my coins is what she's saying. OK, Google's Basically, taking her money. I paid away. her for her great services. <laughs> Praise the <laughs> Lord for her parents, though, because she expensive. OK, I feel that. I, oh, man. Uh, so. First question I got for you is, so as you think back to, so earlier you said, uh, some people say your your uh, journey as a mother starts when you start for that first kick. So I guess talk me through like the early stages of uh, like, you know, nursing a child and kind of having that, the oven in the bun is what people say and kind of guess the highs and lows would go with that. Oh, so it's been, it was fun. Like, I think I had a, a pretty smooth pregnancy compared, compared to how some people like share their stories and stuff. but um, from the minute I kind of took the test and we were like, oh, snap, this is real. Um, <laughs> morning sickness came right after that, which made it like very so real. Like, ha, 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 you are sick every single day. Like you ate a really good meal, but now it's gone. Um, and then slowly like body changing, trying to figure out like, oh, what size clothes do you buy? Like it's fun because it's some real cute maternity stuff. And you know what? <laughs> yes. <sighs> and then. I love shoes, but I had to give them up because my feet was hurting. And, you know, I work at an elementary school, so that wasn't, I was pacing. I was was running up them halls. And then, you know, the kicks come. And when she got a lot bigger, the hiccups, you could feel it. Lerone reading to her. It was just a wonderful experience that we could kind of capture on pictures to see my body change and to see him, like, reading different books there. It was so cute. Um, and she developed a favorite song while in utero. It was the wheels on the bus. The wheels on the bus. Okay. Yes. It was only a particular song, like brand, like not brand, but like album for kids. If you played okay. one, she would just stay still. She wasn't feeling it. She, oh, okay. Yeah. So she got a good taste in music already. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess as you were kind of going through that journey, I guess, like, what are some things that like you had to kind of like learn to adjust to from like your body changing to, you know trying to work while you're still pregnant? Like what, what were some of those struggles with that? Well, we kept it hidden, um, not from family, but we kind of kept it hidden from my workplace and my students. I was there until I was like six months, um, simply because I didn't want people touching me and all that stuff. But it was hard because you want to share in joyous moments with people who kind of know, but you also didn't want people in your business. <laughs> right. And um. And then I was, my sleep pattern was changing. So I would sleep sometimes. She would be up in the middle of the night, like tap dancing on my bladder. Um, so it's like, as soon as you go to sleep, you got to go pee. But it was like learning to love those moments because some people don't get to have those moments all the way to the end. So you learn to rock with it, even though it's difficult. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, just missing... Well, I'm not missing, but it was really hard not telling people. Um, running to pregnancy workout classes and then bumping into a coworker, and we both have secrets. So it was kind of cool to, <laughs> to 
to kind of okay. have that on the low. Okay, okay. So we keep referencing Larone, but the, the listeners probably don't know who that is. So I guess, can you give us uh, a brief introduction to who Larone is? Larone is my man, the love of my life, the best part of me next to Nia. Um, he's my husband. We've been married since 2016. Um, and yeah, he's Nia's daddy. <laughs> okay. Oh, that that was very heartwarming. He's the thanks. That yeah, was very very loving and touching. I, I support that man. Black love. We're here for it, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess how was it going through this whole process with having Larone by your side in comparison to like what it would be like if he wasn't there? I, not to be rude to anyone, and I never want to do that, but I don't know how some people do it. Um, mm-hmm. Larone made sure I ate. <laughs> Larone made sure, like he literally took care of me. I never had a worry, a concern. Um, he told me it was okay to eat cake for breakfast, but that's when I was craving it. Um, he was like, just make sure you eat a vegetable somewhere later on in the day. It was, it was <laughs> the best support system. Like I could ever imagine or dream for like. He come, was through, come through Lerone being supportive. <laughs> yes. That's what we're here for, man. You gotta, you gotta try to inspire the people that once they have children, you need both partners to be supportive to make this whole thing work. It's, yeah. To the <laughs> yes. So has the phrase, uh, it takes a village to raise a child, like has that start to ring, tr- ring true in your life yet? Um, in some aspects, COVID kind of, you know, halted some of the village coming around, but mm-hmm. um, I still get lots of advice. It definitely was very true in the beginning with um, both of our moms kind of pausing their lives to be a part of ours and Nia's. Um, and big shout out to Lerone's mom. He bas- She basically moved in with us for six months um, just to make life easier. Um, listen, listen. <laughs> I love that woman from the bottom of my heart to the top. Um, but the advice comes. But then with the village, you got different generations within the village. This is where. Mm-hmm. So my mom's village aged people, you know. They talk about, you know, put cereal in the milk and do all these types of things where I'm in my mommy group right now. And it's literally all of us have babies within a year of each other. And we're talking about new age stuff, stuff that changed with the pediatric association, stuff that, you know, stuff that our parents did for us that didn't kill us. But it's not currently the recommendations. Right. You have your village with the different generations on purpose. So you can filter and use what you use. Okay. And so I guess, how did you navigate? Because I'm sure the the, the elder villagers had uh, thoughts and opinions uh, about like you not following their recommendations. How did you work through that? Um, you know, <laughs> we had some hard conversations with me basically saying no, saying this is my child. Um, back up. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> That hard conversation only had to come once. And it really wasn't a rude conversation at that. It was, they wanted to share. They wanted to outpour. And I had to realize that they're not coming from a place of harm and a place of wanting to raise our child the way they want to, but just to make sure that we're fully aware. Because even though they didn't have the internet like we did, so that's how they got the information across. So everybody kind of realizes like, I have this advice. I know you're going to do what y'all want to do, but here it is. So okay. they give a disclaimer now. Okay. I mean, I, I support that. Uh, okay. Sometimes you got to put your foot down and be like, look, 
thank you for your support, but I got to do what's best for me. And yep, and we're just trying to figure it out. That's right. Each and every day, man. Uh, okay, so let's say Nia J is finally into the world. She's finally out of the bosom. She is, you know, you are a free woman on some levels of having a second <laughs> yeah. inhabitant in your stomach. Um, what was that first couple of months of like, you know, raising Nia J? What was that like for you? Um, oh my gosh, it was a different experience every single day because she literally changed in her features every single day. One day she went to sleep and her little nostrils were tiny. She woke up and they were wider. It was so cute. Um, <laughs> but in that first like month and a half, I also was dealing with my own health things. So I didn't feel like a full mom yet. Mm-hmm. But once I kind of got my stuff together, um, I was ready to rock and roll. I have so many pictures. <laughs> Just kind <trying> of <laughs> make sure I capture each moment, all the different outfits people gave us. But then also trying to look at all the growth milestones to make sure she's not delayed, um, making sure she's still experiencing life, you know, going from mm-hmm. the bedroom to the living room to maybe the front porch for a hot two seconds just to get exposure. <laughs> okay, get us some fresh air. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit, you know, crack a window real quick. I support that. <laughs> but it was the first couple of months of life with her on the outside. It was fun. We really did not sleep at all. We don't sleep now either, but we were zombies. And that was one of the hardest things to adjust to. Like people say you didn't sleep, but you you don't believe it until you have to experience it. It's a new right. level of tired. So for all of us uh, listeners that don't have children, uh, I guess give us some like reasoning as to why you don't sleep and like what does that look like and how do you start to feel through that? Cool. Yeah. So um, <laughs> with Nia in when she was on the inside, she her primary like playtime, awake time was at night when I was still. So as I walked around, she was asleep because she was getting rocked constantly. So mm-hmm. when she was on the outside, her days and nights were reversed. Um, small babies like that eat every two hours or more because there's this thing called cluster feeding. I didn't even know it existed. It's when okay. they want to eat. It could be like every five minutes, every 10 minutes. Nobody knows but them. Okay. So you got that. You're trying to change diapers. You're still trying to like wash clothes and do all these things. But they say sleep when the baby sleeps, but you got stuff to do. So you got to do your stuff. But then the baby's up again. And then next thing you know, it's like Friday. Mm. Okay. That, that's cluster feeding sounds like a good time. It's uh, amazing for them. <laughs> if only they could talk and tell you what they wanted, and your life would be easier, huh? Uh, yeah, so you can kind of learn the cries. Like, I'm not going to lie. We started learning what the cries meant. And I always thought that was like a myth from TV. But it <laughs> works. It works. Like, you know, like, oh, this is change. This is gas. You know, she's hungry again. Okay, so which one was the most unpleasant uh, cry? And then which one was the most pleasant one? And like, what did that mean for each uh, one? None of them are pleasant. <laughs> okay, okay. Or palatable, I guess. Cry. Um, there were okay. So the the most pleasant of the cries is just when she wanted to be held. She wanted some form of contact. Um, but it's really hard to say how they distinct they um differed and how they sound. But the um, most unpleasant is um hunger. 
hunger. Okay, so like, she gets hangry. Yeah. She still gets hangry sometimes. <laughs> okay. But well, now she learned that from her mom, so it's okay. She did. I, I really did teach her that. Um, that it must Y'all. be genetics. Y'all, Delisa in college was just, when she was being mean, we all knew she was hungry. So we had to go get her some food and then she'd be a, a more pleasant person to be and around. Yeah, and I always appreciate you because then I hit you with my happy food dance and then that's, we'd be good 20 minutes later. Yeah, she a little happy food jig while you're eating. It was uh, a good time. Shout out to the RDH late night menu. Oh, uh, throwback to RDH. You're taking us back. Uh, we're not, not, you're not ready for that. I'm not <laughs> I'm warning still. <laughs> um, okay, and so... As you're starting your your parental journey, you know life is going good. You're making it happen, but then a little thing called COVID nineteen happened. Yeah, uh, and so thing right there. Uh, and so I guess talk me through kind of what COVID, how's that changed how you and Larone kind of parent Nia J and navigate life. So it's different because well, majority of the time we got to work from home. Um, me before Larone coming home because schools closed down before the universities kind of finished up. Um, so it was different. Um, Nia at the time, Nia still goes to daycare much, um, still a very safe environment for her. And we, um, still support it 100%, but we are a lot more intentional with our time with her now. Um, you know, before COVID, we might bring something to do from work home, dilly daddle, you know, let her play. But this is before she was mobile. Mm -hmm. Um, so now it's like we make sure we value every minute with her. If we already had her in priority, but it pushed some other things that we thought were priority on our list completely off. Okay. So like work is important. It provides our like lot it supports our lifestyle. However, we're working we're at home working and we still have things. So if Nia has to be home because she's not feeling well, or we just choose to keep her out of school today, she's our priority work can wait a meeting to talk about transcripts for me that can wait till tomorrow could have been an email it always can be an email <laughs> that's another story for another day you i can go on go on a rant for that um and so i guess talk me through so earlier you you talked through how like once you kind of got in good health um you start to feel like a full mom. And so like, as you're investing, investing and giving all this love and attention to Nia J, um, how did you kind of navigate um, the decision of like sending her to daycare? Like, was that easy for you? Was that hard? And like, what went to that? Well, we knew she was always going to daycare because um, back when we were engaged, I discovered I didn't like being a stay at home fiance. So I knew <laughs> I didn't want to be a stay at home mom. <laughs> And I really enjoy my career. <laughs> so um, we started searching for daycares very early on in pregnancy. Now, when it came time to actually dropping her off, it was an emotional day. Um, I went to work and I literally cried in my principal's office, then cried down the hallway to the point where my students even were like, oh, today must be the day that Peanut went to school, huh? <laughs> So, like, nobody got in trouble that day. Like, they just knew it was an off day. Um, so, it was rough. I think I called the school maybe four times. Okay. Um, I looked at the little app, like, maybe 25 times every hour. Do they track, like, what they do while they're at daycare? Yeah, like, when they eat, when they get changed. But that's, you know, the primary things. Nothing else really goes up there. 
But I was just hoping they would like type me a note and say she's doing good. But they didn't do that. They didn't okay. do that at all. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was it was rough, like even for because my mother in law was still here too. Like we all had a very emotional day. But when we picked her up and she was smiling, we were like, Oh, we were up here stressing and you was having a ball. Okay. Okay. Is that like a, a, a usual theme for you? Like, you know, you're worried about this, but this, but she's just like, Oh, I'm living life or yeah. is that, okay. Mm-hmm. That is <laughs> in, in the full, like she, she's mobile now. Um, so she'll like bump into something and it sounds like it's very painful. And I like wince and like kind of rush to go get her. And she turns to look at me and she busts out laughing. So I think that's a natural <laughs> like mom filter or a parent filter that <laughs> we always like assume the worst or fear the worst when they're just sitting up here laughing and enjoying the moment. Mm-hmm. So she's a little G's when I'm hearing. She, she got a little grit to her. She got a little rough and tumble in her. I like it. Okay. That's that Joseph in her. Yes. Popping out. <laughs> okay. Joseph jeans. I, I support it. Uh, and so I guess as you navigated, like not being a stay at home parent, like, did you like, did you get any like pressure or like criticism from people about like, you know, still deciding to work and have a career outside of like not being a full-time mom now? So I think I got some, a little bit from my, um, workout group. It was like a mommy workout group, um, for people who were pregnant and literally if it was a class of 20, 18 of them ended up being stay-at-home moms. So they scheduled all these things like um, a day in the park, walks around the track with your baby, and they're like, why can't you come? Why are you doing this? To the point, you know, you just got to leave the group, let them be. Like, Mm -hmm. not saying they didn't have a good career, but I don't want to do that. Like, I get bored, and I have a real online shopping issue. So um, (laughs) I would have been broke. So I need money, and I love what I do. So go back to work is what it was, but nothing from the family, like everybody from the family, friends, um, they supported me. Like nobody even questioned it. They were just like, how are you going to transition? Like, are you going back full time, half time? What you going to do? So I just had to come up with a game plan. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have any like advice for people as they like navigate, like making that decision? So like if say somebody's about to have kids and like going to decide, stay at home or deciding to go to work. Cause like my, me and my girlfriend joke about this often and I, I'm, I'm team go to work cause I work in education and probably won't make crazy money, but I guess what advice would you give? Well, I think it's, it's not if you love your career, it's if you're okay with putting your career on pause, because there are a lot of stay at home moms who I think like they get their child maybe to like the five year old range and then they like go back to work. Some people never do. But my thing is, what what does your financials say you can do? Mm-hmm. Like, my financials said I could stay at home, but I would have had to remove my extra shopping. And I like my extra shopping. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's part of it. But I also think you got to think about your mental state, too, because you get into a routine, which everybody does, even if they, like, go to work. But being at home, potentially being by yourself, not having adult conversations until somebody gets home much later in the day, I couldn't Mm -hmm. do that. FaceTime's not enough. I need physical interaction with somebody that can talk back to me versus blowing spit bubbles. No, that's fair. 
I think even through COVID, like not talking to people has been hard. So I imagine just having like a little human and it's just like just babbling and you're like ah, watching all the same TV networks and it's just like, oh my God, this is terrible. Sesame Street dominates our house. Sesame Street. Okay. Take a class then on TV? It, it is. It's like 50 seasons strong or something like that. Wow. That's where and all the money's at right there. Some things just don't change. Mom, you knew she's gonna get old. I'm like, Mom, you knew about Sesame Street? I, yeah, I did. I, I grew up on it. The episodes from my era when it used to be an hour long. This is so old. Get ready for that. <laughs> I can see it. It's gonna be hilarious. Uh, okay, so one thing. Um, so I was, I was doing research and trying to prepare for the interview. Uh, one thing that like I was listening to a lot of podcasts and reading articles and like. This point was on every single article in every podcast I listened to was talking through like mom guilt. Uh, is that a real thing? Did you experience that? And I guess, how did you work through that? If that is something you experienced? Mom guilt is real. I think it, um, for me, it hasn't ended yet. I just feel like it jumps to a new thing. Um, right now I am still breastfeeding my baby. And so I'm considering when am I stopping, um, what is she going to transition to after breast milk? Um, all these things. And I had a whole breakdown. Like, she has teeth. She likes eating real food now. Like, so I have to get my mind wrapped around this. But it's like, am I not doing the best for my baby anymore because I'm tired? It's because pumping is overrated. It's not really overrated, but for me, it's just a lot. So I feel <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like pumping is now overrated. So... Mom guilt comes with that. Um, I do still get mom guilt sometimes when I still have to take her to school right now. Um, but I got to go to work. We're closing out our school building. She can't go into that school building with me. Mm-hmm. Laurent still has to do his job. And they don't want to see babies in all of our Zoom meetings. So it'll be a nice breakup from the monotony, but she can't be in all the meetings pushing all the buttons. So yeah. I get guilt with that. Like when I drop her off, I'm like, dang, maybe I should try to take the day off. Um, so I think as your baby grows, it just kind of morphs. But a good friend told me that with the guilt, 95% of the time we create the guilt because we created our own goals. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's deep. <laughs> so like, here it is. Like, I love her. My original goal was to get to six months of breastfeeding. I have reached that goal. And now I made a new goal of getting to one year. Now, if I choose to stop, I'm having this guilty feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not giving her the best I can for an entire year of life. But she checked me. She was like, my self-made goal, I have already given her the best. And who's really judging my goal besides me? She going to eat or drink whatever I give her. Yeah. It's all on me. So mom guilt is real. Deal. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, I'm glad. Shout out to Fran to give me that, that, that good advice to kind of help you, I guess, get out your own way. Um, so shout out to them. Yeah. Um, another thing that came up my research um, is like postpartum depression and anxiety. After you have a child, um, so I guess talk me through, is that something you experienced? And I guess talk me through what that looked like for you and how did you, how have you, or are you still working through that? Um, I, I didn't experience postpartum depression. Um, thankfully, like every doctor's visits, 
they um for the baby they still checked on mom so they asked me these questions they had me do these rating scales so I could kind of not just talk it out with Lerone but I could physically see what I'm marking on paper mm-hmm. and I also had Lerone but then I also had the physician still in my back um pocket as well um it's real it hits a lot of people harder some people it's instant some people it's like a month or two later just because hormones are still getting whatever back on track means um anxiety comes because you're like what if i'm not good enough to do this um can i do this oh my gosh i might break the baby i did have some of those moments Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but again like shout out to Lerone, the best husband in the world um he was like hey you need to breathe it's okay so he checked on me a lot especially since when i was dealing with my own health stuff um, because I was battling that and all things hormonal. So it's real. People get help. Um, I hope nobody suffers through it in silence because it could be really dangerous for all parties involved, but mostly the mom. Okay. Shout out to Lerone and uh, your village helping you out with supporting yourself and helping you work through that. Um, so You've talked about Lerone a lot. And so a question that I think will be helpful for people to know is like, how have you all worked to kind of maintain your own, your, like you and your husband's relationship? How did y'all work through still maintaining that and raising a child? Like how do y'all work to balance all that and work and all the other duties that come with parenthood? So I'm silently laughing because um, it's hard. Um, And I think anybody that has, is in this stage of parenthood understands that um, we sat down before she was born and talked about what we were going to do. Then reality hit with this lack of sleep and, you know, unpredictable schedules. And we were very intentional with having a date night. Um, We picked a day, the day ended up changing, but we still had a date night. We still try to do spontaneous things for each other, whether that's like, the cutest thing I think one of the cutest things he's ever done he sent me an evite to say hey movie night tonight like you coming so like like that is actually that we have our moments on our phones where we like binge social media but then we make sure we're still together we might not talk but we lean on each other we're sitting on the same couch we're not separating um, in different rooms, unless we're watching two different shows, then that's important. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's hard. It's always growing because within marriage, you're growing anyway as um, partners. So mm-hmm. now you're just evolving as well now with that um, new identity as a parent. So we have our little date nights. We do our spontaneous things. We write notes around the house. Um when whenever COVID allows us to have a nighttime um, babysitter, we gonna go out. <laughs> okay, I support it. <laughs> but you know, we won't have to figure out how to screen some people before they come up in our house. That's that's true. Babysitter.com, is that a thing? Um, <laughs> yes, they should give you an ad because I said their name on your show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send them an email, see what I can get going. Okay, cool. <laughs> um. Okay, that's, that's exciting y'all still are investing because a, a lot of times I, I watch TV shows and stuff and they talk through how uh, the, the baby becomes like number one in your life and like 
that's like I get it, but that's also very destructive to your like marriage. And so mm-hmm. uh, trying to work to prioritize like the child can be like a super close second, but y'all still have to be like partners in life. Yeah, it's definitely easy to get up. Like the baby is cute. The baby needs you. The baby depends on you. And like you just waited nine months to see this little cute human. So it's real easy to get wrapped up in all things then. Mm-hmm. But you know, in 18 years, once she goes off and impacts the world, Listen. y'all still y'all, y'all still gonna be back at the house. And so, hope you know, as long as you keep that bond going over the years, you won't be like, "Who's this stranger in my house?" You know, uh, <laughs> I pray we never say who's that stranger to each other. You know, plenty of people do it. I mean, you know, there's lots of stories and just. But I believe in y'all. I believe in black love. Y'all gonna make it happen. Yes, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Still perfect. Add us to your prayer list at the top, middle, and bottom. I got you. I got you. Uh, so one thing that I've uh, you 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 alluded to a little earlier, but also like I've admired from afar is kind of like you're being selective of like sharing your journey with like parenthood on social media because like you know we're millennials, we got all the technology. Our parents didn't have that growing up, so like all our pictures are physical pictures in a photo album, but ours are digital on our phones. And so, how did you work through like what you wanted to share and what you didn't share, and how did you make that happen um again a lot of things we talked about before she was ever born um i always had the fear of someone stealing her identity before she could ever figure out what her identity was um you know like there's so many old shows where like parents you know put the light bill in the kid's name Mm -hmm. i didn't want somebody to have a whole credit card out in his name just because you know one day when she was born, I put her birth weight, her date, her full government, the day she was born, where she was born. So later on in life, we know she's going to have a internet, social media impact. And we don't want her to see her whole life <laughs> <laughs> on the screen. Because, you know, even when we look back, when Facebook and all these other things just started, now there's some of those pictures, you know, we go back and we untag ourselves or we don't. Oh man. Jesus. We don't want her to be like, why you put that baby picture up there? Why'd you do that? My hair looks crazy. We want people to know that we're happy with our child, but we like making moments for us. Like it's our family experience. And every now and then we just like to share a little bit. We want you to know that she's growing. Um <laughs> and that she's still that cute. But we're just trying to make lasting memories for us. Don't don't get it through us now. We still got a million pictures. <laughs> a million pictures. <laughs> but it's something for us to reflect upon. Um, and right now, she likes looking at pictures of herself. She doesn't know it's her. She calls it a baby. Um, <laughs> so we show her pictures of herself, and she's like, baby. Um, it's a real cute thing. So Oh, really- that's cute. Oh, baby. That's cute. Uh, okay, so hit the part of the podcast where I want you to start giving. I have a few questions. I'm going to help give some advice to people as they are in different seasons of life. Because I know everybody's not having kids. Some people have kids. Some people don't. And then kind of go from there. And so I have three questions that I kind of want to explore and get your response to. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So what are the top five things you've learned on your parental journey? that no one, not even Google or your family, could have taught you? So, 
don't laugh at my top five. Okay, I got, I got it you. It might sound unconventional, but <laughs> we kind of alluded to one already, making lasting memories that, you know, are for the family. That was the first one. Um, it's okay to need a break. Um, being a parent is hard. Having someone weigh on you all the time, um, not because they're a baby, they just have to. But it's mm-hmm. okay to say, like, I need a break. Go take your shower. Go run to Starbucks. Do what you got to do. Um, I'm not going, the third one, I'm not going to break her. I'm not <laughs> going to break her. She is rough and tumble, all things strong, um, and very much so independent. I'm not going to break her. Um, she bumped her head the other day and laughed. You know? <laughs> um we talked about it early too, investing in relationship, not just my marriage. There are a lot of friends who love me, who have given me tons of grace like you in my mommy time, where you give me my time to talk all things baby. And then you remind me that I have a life outside of baby. <laughs> and we <laughs> talked about that too, which is, you know, it's good because I, I'm not just a mom. I'm not. And I never only want to be seen as just a mom. And then my last one is, you know, sleep's not going to be the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. So those are five. Those are good. There's nothing laughable about that. Okay, cool. They they were very you and you provide an explanation so people can relate to it. I'm I'm here for it. My favorite one was I'm not going to break her. (laughs) Listen, the first time I cut her nails with the nail clipper, I clipped her finger, like her actual skin, and I went into panic mode, and she looked at me like, what you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that makes sense, though, because babies are still, you know, when they're in the fresh stages, their bodies are still, your bones are still forming, getting strength, and you're just like, I don't want to drop you or do this, and their bounces still move, and slip out your hand when you're tired and you just know, not as somebody says they roll off of everything she has not rolled off a bed thank the lord yet but people say it's coming i hope it doesn't come she need to find a low bed first if she wants to roll <laughs> just, just keep her on the ground and she, she'll never have the chance to do it <laughs> we try we try <laughs> okay uh, next question or prompt i have for you is uh so there's people out there that are like preparing for children i'm in this category here uh, and so I guess like as much as possible, uh, I guess what are, um, what advice would you give for people that are, you know, are trying to proactively plan for children? Um, first get your health together. Um, not saying everybody's going to be, you know, perfect BMI, perfect weight, perfect this, but you got to start making some lifestyle changes because for the woman, your body's going to go through this giant change. For the man, um, you you might gain some pregnancy weight on the side. I don't know. <laughs> but you, some people lose weight. I don't know. It's just different. But you got to get your health in order because you're going to hit eventually this stage like me where your sleep is a little bit deprived. And some people, when they're sleep deprived, they get sick, so on and so forth. So you need the strongest version of you. Um, okay. Then the financials. You know... <laughs> Daycare is expensive. It's like a second <laughs> mortgage. Um, yeah, 
yeah, a whole second mortgage. Um, so it's um, figuring out, not going to daycares all early before you're like pregnant. Cause to me, that's a little weird, but um, <laughs> you know, talking to friends, figuring out what price ranges are and figuring out what you can afford. Um, okay. You know, and then start having conversations about how you're going to parent. Granted, some things with discipline and all that stuff is much later in the child's life, but you don't want to, you know, say, hey, I like giving spankings and I don't believe in hitting a child. Like, how are you going to parent together cohesively? So you need those conversations to take place before the kid, you know, is born. Okay. Uh, yeah, those three, I think. Are okay, ones. okay, those are all those are all good things. I'm I'm here for it. You know, got got to health is wealth out here, so got to take care of yourself. Yes. Got to get that money right because children are expensive, just like everything else in the world. But you know, yeah, just, right. our last episode was money on your mind, and so get your money mindset right, and so this is falls right in line with that. Oh, and then in the last point, you know, understand how you're going to parent because I think me and my girlfriend have talks for like sometimes but like would you let your child do this so like today she was like would you let your child drop out of high school at 16 and stay at the house <laughs> uh, no <laughs> that was my answer i was like no she's like well what if they want to go in entertainment i was like well you better be working we're gonna stay in the house uh yeah, but like you need you need conversation yes uh, like you need a high school diploma to do just about anything in the world uh and so you know just stay those two years and then get out the house but Yes, <laughs> so, <yes. laughs> so that's definitely important things. Um, all right. So for the last group of people that probably fit broadly into this podcast is um, people that don't have kids. Like, how can they be more supportive of people with children that are like their friends or colleagues? Like, how can they be better uh, support systems to people that have ch- children? And y'all are one. Just know you're in the village and we love you, even though we don't say it or talk to you often. Um, give grace, give grace, give grace. You might've been somebody we've talked to every single day, um, even throughout pregnancy, because you might've checked on us to make sure we were okay. But once the baby comes out, it's like a different world that we have to adjust in. So give grace, um, check in on us. Um, I know it's hard, but don't feel bad if we don't initiate conversations. Um, personally, don't demand pictures of the baby. That's just me. Um, <laughs> it's a little weird. Again, for me, um, let me offer them. But anyway, <laughs> so give grace, um, check in. Um, but also just be a listening ear because nobody knows what it's like until you're in it. And even though parents are all raising kids, everybody has different experiences raising kids. So, you know, um, like you said, for the interview, you were preparing, you went and listened to some webinars and stuff like that. Do that. It doesn't hurt to give up 20 minutes of your time to read a quick blog about a parent issue or this or that. So it's not too deep, but it's deep for us. We need grace more than you can ever imagine. We need mm-hmm. people to remember that we're here and to help us remember that we're here. You okay. Know? And then when we randomly talk about our kids, if you drop some parent knowledge, that's mad cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I support that. Um, one of the things I did 
last week when I first told you about like I was preparing. Uh, I did a webinar through my like my job, um, and so it was kind of talking through how to like be a full time parent, uh, full time employee, and like part time like working at home. And so it was just kind of like everybody in the webinar had kids sent me, and so it was kind of like talking in chat your status. And I was like, well, I'm the only person without a kid. And they're like, oh my god, that's so awesome that you're here. Uh, and I was just like, I mean, <laughs> it's not that deep, but to hear you know what they said and what you said kind of line up was like been helpful to know that even giving grace has been helpful. Yes. And again, I'm pretty sure those people that you were on the webinar with will never forget that you took the time, even though you may never interact with them again, that you took the time to like want to learn about how we deal with working and parenting and whatever else in life gets thrown at us. So you, you the man. Okay. Glad, glad I can support the cause and play it, play a role in the, in the support team. <laughs> Because from afar, parenting looks hard. So I can only imagine in reality, parenting being crazy. <laughs> You're like a modern day superhero, but we support you. We got your back. You got this. Take it one day at a time and you'll, you'll somehow figure it out. Just like everything else in life. So uh, again, yes. lift it up in prayer. <laughs> okay. I can do that. I can do that. Uh, any any parting words before we end the interview today? Um. Thanks so much for wanting to even know about my mommy experience um letting me talk about what Lauren and I are doing for our wonderful girl and for being one of the bestest friends ever so love oh you. that that was so wow to shed a, shed a little tear here man you got me emotional right now <laughs> but yeah no problem uh, you know I've just always been interested and as I start to enter that space in the next couple of years of life like it's helpful to kind of get people's experiences so please believe I will be calling you into you and Lerone be like, hey, Jasmine's doing X, Y, Z. I need some help. And yeah. then you can give us call. some advice. I'll call her. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Adjacent Fam, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us if you get a chance. And we will see you next week. Peace. <laughs>